This is The Defrag. I'm James Parkinson. If you're in the market for a new car right now, it's a pretty challenging period. Component shortages, like semiconductors, means long wait times. In some cases, you could be waiting 6 to 12 months. The situation is even worse for many electric cars. While you may be keen on an EV and want to do your bit for the environment, according to a new study from Transport Energy Emission Research, where you live plays a big role in how climate-friendly an electric car actually is. In Australia, electric vehicle sales have tripled in just the last two years, but the nation still trails behind other countries. It still only makes up around 2% of the total uh, new vehicle uh, sales across the nation. Uh, There are some states that are doing uh, better, but overall, uh, Australia has a lot to catch up, especially compared to uh, uh, European countries, as well as some of the uh, Southeast Asian countries as well, where uptake has been much larger. Hussein Dia is a professor of future urban mobility at Swinburne University. Now, obviously, we know that EVs are generally better for the environment, but uh, most electric car owners are still charging their electric vehicles with electricity derived from fossil fuels. What does the research tell us about the amount of emissions that come from EVs compared to vehicles entirely powered by fossil fuels? This particular study took a probabilistic approach where we said uh, there are uncertainties in some of the estimates, so it provides ranges. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, if we look at petrol or internal combustion engine vehicle in Australia, it generates around 350 grams per kilometre. And we divided these into groups, so around 70% is for operational use, you know, when when the car is being used, around 10% for vehicle manufacturing, and around 15% for the fossil fuel production and distribution. Now, if you compare this to an electric vehicle in, in Australia, the emissions are around 220 they could go up to 255, depending on conditions. Um, they are of a similar nature in terms of breakdown, around 70% for operational use, 20% for vehicle manufacturing, and less for, of course, for uh, there's no fossil fuel exactly, but it's around 7% only for electricity production. I should mention that these values are much larger than the values we have seen in Europe. Uh, and it just illustrates our dependence on um, coal-powered uh, plants. You found that the extent to which you know EVs can contribute to lower emissions does vary in uh, each state, and depending on how much electricity is actually generated uh, from renewable sources in those areas. Can you talk me through those particular findings? So uh, the findings point to Tasmania as uh, having the um, best uh, renewables in the country, and that reflects on the emission reductions from electric vehicles. So the study found that electric vehicles can actually reduce emissions by 70 to 77 percent. And again, because of the high renewables in that state, this was followed by South Australia, which also has a good uh, amount of renewables, uh, and the reductions there were around 55 to 66%. The, the worst two states, if you like, 
uh, are uh, Victoria and New South Wales. Victoria, a high dependence on coal power for generation of electricity. Um, although there is, I mean, although electric vehicles can make a difference, the worst case scenario could be around 9% reduction, and the best case scenario could be around 30% reduction in emissions. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a state with fewer renewable energy sources, should you hold off on buying an electric car if your main motivation is to lower your carbon footprint? That's right. Um, And I think um, in in our studies, what we also emphasize is that uh, um, electric vehicles are not going to be the solution to a lot of the issues we have. So, for example, congestion. An electric vehicle, if we continue using our cars the same way we are doing now, it's just going to mean you're going to have green congestion. Um, which is still not not good for the economy, not good, etc. So if you stand on the side of the road uh, in most Australian cities today and count the number of people inside vehicles, on average, you're going to get 1.2 to 1.4. So what we also need, we, we need to have these uh, behavioral change policies where we encourage you know, more sharing of resources and also to encourage people to use uh, public transport. Uh, there are some new concerns as well about the uh, safety uh, with uh, electric vehicles, for example, because they're much heavier. And there is some anecdotal evidence from the U.S. is that a lot of vehicle owners who drive, you know, smaller vehicles are now reluctant to be around very heavy electric vehicles because they're going to suffer in case of a crash. Coming up, how the take-up of electric vehicles impacts emission reduction targets in the fight against climate change. That's next, after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter, and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. The Australian government has set a target to reach net zero emissions by 2050. So how significant is the adoption of electric vehicles in achieving this goal? So at the moment, uh, uh, emissions from the transport sector account for around 17% of our total national uh, emissions. And interestingly, around 50% of those emissions come from private vehicles. Those ones I mentioned where you have only one or 1.2 people inside the the vehicle. So if we are serious about uh, meeting our um, 2030, 2040, 2050 emission reduction, targets. Transport is a 
good place to start. And as we have shown in this study, electrification in particular, uh, whether it's electrification of the grid or electrification of the transport sector, will go a long way to actually achieving this. Mm. EVs are still quite expensive to purchase in countries like Australia, uh, which has obviously impacted the take-up of EVs so far. How does pricing impact on our ability to reduce emissions? Big impact. Uh, we In Australia, we don't have a large variety as well of vehicles. Mm. Um, most of what we have is quite expensive. Uh, a lot of the EV manufacturers around the world, they don't see the Australian market as conducive because of the lack of emission uh, standards, if you like. So they go elsewhere. Um, this has been even uh, exasperated in the last few weeks because of the Ukraine crisis, because there is also shortage of uh, supply in, in neon and nickel and uh, some of the ingredients that go into making the batteries and the chips that are needed for electric vehicles. Um, the other day I was reading, I think if you want to buy a Tesla in Australia, today there is a six months waiting list. One of the companies, Kia, I think, introduced um, or uh, gauged expressions of interest from um, consumers around one of its EVs. They received around 20,000 expressions of interest, but they announced that they can only supply 5,000 vehicles in 2022. So the demand is there. People want to do the right thing, but the supply is not there. Mm. The switch to EVs will require countries to generate a lot more electricity. If we switch to EVs but don't upgrade our energy infrastructure, will we see a, a decrease in the carbon footprint? Uh, not, not necessarily. That's a good point. They're, they, they would need to be balanced um, and to see the outcomes, but uh, I think they go uh, hand in hand. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, yourself and others would be sceptical if we continue to charge our vehicles knowing that the cord goes, goes all the way back to a coal station. So they need yeah. to go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, your research is focused on Australia, but would you expect to see similar outcomes for other countries? So uh, Europe is doing much better because of uh, their reliance on renewables. Um, for example, in uh, in Europe, if you look at an average electric vehicle, uh, the emissions in grams per uh, kilometer of travel is somewhere between 150 to 180 uh, grams per kilometer. In Australia, it's 220 to 255, if you like. So there is a um, significant or substantial increase in countries where they rely on fossil fuel uh, or on coal for production of electricity. Europe is doing much better uh, in, in many aspects uh, and Australia has a lot to catch up there. Hussain, uh, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Also making news today, NASA is scaling back its wet dress rehearsal of the Space Launch System rocket due to a faulty helium valve. The SLS rocket, which will be launched as part of the Artemis 1 mission, was rolled out to the launch pad earlier this month to test all systems ahead of its mission later this year. In the wet dress rehearsal, the rocket is filled with fuel and a launch countdown initiated, however they don't ignite the rocket. 
The faulty valve means the team will no longer fuel the upper stage of the rocket. The first Artemis mission will be uncrewed and involve launching the SLS for the first time and then sending the Orion space capsule around the moon. These tests are crucial before humans can make the voyage back to the lunar surface. Epic Games has announced a $2 billion funding round with Sony and Kirkby, the parent company of LEGO, kicking in $1 billion each. The funds will be used to develop projects related to the metaverse, which Epic sees as important to the future of entertainment. The new funding values Epic at $31.5 billion. And Netflix is introducing a new double thumbs up button. While Netflix currently has a thumbs up and thumbs down to indicate whether you like or dislike a film or series, the company felt it didn't go far enough. Netflix is hoping the new button will lead to better recommendations for users. A double thumbs up will tell the algorithm that you don't just like a show, but that you really love it and want to see a lot more similar content. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was hosted by me, James Parkinson, and produced by Christopher Lawson. If you're enjoying the show, then please share it with a friend. It's the best way to help us grow the Defrag community. That's all the news for today. We'll be back with more tomorrow.